Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we've had our first real snowfall in New York City for 2017, and it seems like the MTA has never seen bad weather before in its life. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. By the way, MTA in this case has nothing to do with Yeshiva University. It is the Metropolitan Transit Authority. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch, coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side this Thursday. I am joined by Yoni behind the board. What's up, Yoni? Good morning. How are you? I missed you last week. <laughs> yes, I uh, I recorded with Avrami from Baltimore. That's fine. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's uh, he's got some game. He's yeah, got some game, so that was good. Um, and uh, just a just so that people understand what the beginning of uh, that what my intro was really about. Monday was an absolute commuting nightmare here in New York City. I think. Would you say there were nine? nine subway lines that were affected something like that eight nine something like that yeah so you couldn't make it in from the heights jamie couldn't make it in from queens i made it in from long island because there were enough alternates for me to take that i that i actually got here but it was an absolute commuting nightmare there was a water main break what was it at west fourth i believe so right at west fourth this lane was these tracks were frozen this was a disaster last week the atlantic terminal derailment i mean you'd make it you'd you'd think that New York City never sees bad weather the way these guys have uh, cracked under pressure. Not it's not what happens in Houston, I guess. No, not at all. Are there subways in Houston? Uh, no, there's a metro rail. That's about it. And it goes above ground. Yeah, but it's so hot. All right. So that used to it. so mass transit in Houston is all about the metro rail. Yeah, metro rail. But everyone really just drives. There's no not much public transportation. Everyone has their own car. Really? Yeah. At what age is the driver? Uh, <laughs> Uh, so for us, it's 16. You can get your license. Really? Not even permit? Like license at 16? Right. Permit 15. Wow. And some people take a driving test. So you can barely <laughs> shave, but you can drive. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So there's that. Yes. And some people, what were you saying about taking a driving test? I mean, I never really took a driving test. I, I Right. Which is why I will never, never get into a car a with you behind the wheel. Right. What is that? I don't even understand what that means. You never took a... You didn't have to take a road test. Correct. My uh, I practiced with my dad, and he signed off, and then I took a written test or a test on a computer. Just passed, got a seventy-one, which which is doesn't passing, matter, and right? Got my license. That was it. Didn't step into a car from at the DMV. Nothing. I don't even understand. It works, and, uh, and or maybe it doesn't. <laughs> right. I'm not so sure. And wait a minute, is that still the law? That's still I don't the. Know. We should, we should research yeah, that. Maybe. Yeah, for all those people who are thinking about moving to Texas, is it all <laughs> of Texas or just Houston? I would assume all of Texas. I guess. Right. Yeah. It's a state law, no? I would, I would All right. We would assume. We're, neither one of us are sounding too intelligent right now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, today's national holidays. Uh, I am a mentor. It is I am a mentor day. Uh, it is also national hot tea day. Yoni, do you do you have a hot fra- I have a favorite hot tea. Do you have a favorite hot I tea? I just do not like hot tea. Really? Yeah. I mean, I like soup, and but like hot tea just doesn't do it for me. I like mint tea. Oh, I, if if I were to like tea, it would be some sort of fruity. I mean, no, 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 don't even, <laughs> don't even, don't even. Mint tea is not a fruity tea. I don't I like fruity teas. I, so if, if I were to like one, I feel like back it would be down. A fruity tea. Okay, yes, you would. That is true because you <laughs> like slushies and smoothies yeah, and stuff. all that stuff, right? Um, by the way, and Jamie will take part of this. And Yoni, I th- just think you should know that tomorrow, the thirteenth. Um, is not only Friday the 13th, but it's also Blame Someone Else Day. And around here, that means just blame Yoni. <laughs> oh, and 
everyone can feel free to take part in this. And we've actually instituted this into our own home that anything that goes wrong, my kids know that it's all Yoni's fault. Uh, you're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And as we've been promoting all week long, Torah in the City is taking place this weekend, this Sunday. The OU presents this day-long event at City Field. We have been promoting it as the most important event happening this weekend, and that is 100% true. It is a day-long event. The lineup is unbelievable. If you go to ou.org slash city, C-I-T-Y, you can find out all the featured topics and the speakers who are included in the program that day. Also, we just had an update that the Consul General of Israel, Dan Dayan is the guest at the day-long event. Um, he'll be addressing the future of Orthodox Orthodox Jewry, and they are already expending, expecting um, over a thousand people to attend. Uh, I imagine that that's how many people have already signed up, but they are expecting more people at the door. And joining me today is actually Mrs. Mrs. Michal Horowitz. She is one of the featured speakers at at Torah in the City. She's a graduate of Brooklyn College. She teaches Judaic studies classes to adults of all ages with a focus on Parshara Shavua, the Chagim, Tefillah, and Machshava. She teaches weekly at shuls and venues in her home community of the Five Towns in Rockaway. Michal's also served as a guest speaker and scholar in residence in many communities, both nationally and internationally. This past year, she was invited to the YU Reitz Shavuos Yarche Kala, she presented Shurim as a featured speaker, and a selection of her recorded Shurim is found on her website, also at yutorah.org and torahanytime.com. She lives in Cedarhurst with her husband and children, and we welcome her to the program today. Good morning, Michal. Hi, good morning, Miriam. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're in between teaching this morning, so uh, I hope not to make you late for your next class. Thank you, Miriam. That's okay. I always have time for Torah and to spread the word about Torah as well. So you have you are part of an unbelievable lineup this Sunday uh, for Torah in the city. Tell me um, what you plan to be speaking about. Um, okay, so okay, so my topic is called Yosef and the Brothers: Sibling Rivalry, Attempted Murder, and Manipulation. And really, we're going to be exploring the story of Yosef and the Shvatim. We know that the Shvatim, the twelve tribes of Israel, were the founding fathers, really, of the um, Knesset Israel, of the Jewish people. And how could such a tragedy, a sibling rivalry? discord, disunity, have occurred to the sons of Yaakov, the grandsons of Avram Avinu, what's going on, you know, on the level of, simple level of the text, it's a very confusing and disturbing story, and we're really going to be exploring and looking quite into that to understand how this could have happened, why this happened, and with all my teaching, what's the message? Because that's the bottom line, is the Torah book of antiquity that was given thousands of years ago and sits on my shelf, or does it tell me about my life today? Well, that's what I hope to impart and explore with those who will come to learn at the tremendous program upcoming on Sunday. It doesn't seem like this is a uh, an easy, lighthearted, easy, uh, you know, uh, Sunday morning kind of a topic. This is really quite meaty. It's quite, uh, quite intense. Uh, I'm laughing because it's always the right time for Torah. Right. Anytime, morning, night. You know, we take vacations on Sundays, and we can also go learn on Sundays. No, absolutely. And there's always a time to explore and lew and be enlightened and come up with insights, answers to our questions. It's really always the right time. No, I, I agree with that. And you're part of an unbelievable lineup, not only of an, a distinguished group of male scholars, but also with uh, many other women who have unbelievable reputations in their own right. 
Right. So I really think that OU has really put tremendous, together a tremendous program. And, you know, people have been talking to me about it and commenting about it. Someone recently said to me, looking forward. So I think Kolokovar to them, they're really trying to really bring Torah to the masses. It should be accessible to everybody. There's so many topics. There's so many speakers from so many different places. Really something to appeal to everyone. Everyone will find a topic that they're interested in, without a doubt. I, I agree with you. And I also think it's interesting that the shiurim are open to both men and women. I I expect that there'll be men in your audience the same way there will be women. Uh, there very well could be. It's, uh, I'm sure that there will be. Yeah, it's that kind of openness at the OU that they really respect everyone's right to learn Torah. Right. right. You know, when I uh, became busier, I spoke to uh, prominent Rosh Shiva about what you're, what you're discussing, what you're mentioning, about speaking to both women, men and women, and there's room for that. And we're talking about Torah, and really the Maisa, we're all there, hopefully, the Shem Shemayim, to learn, to grow, to understand. So whoever's going in the audience, you know, I really hope that they'll benefit either way. It is a groundbreaking idea to take out a, a modern um, athletic venue like City Field and turn it into a bastion of Torah for the day. When they approached you from the OU, when they approached you with this concept and with this idea of, of you being involved in the day, tell me what your reaction was. Um, I said thank you very much. I would, I would be honored and humbled, really. I, I really cherish every single opportunity. I don't say that lightly every single opportunity to enlighten, to teach, to spread Torah, to be mechazik, to strengthen people. All ages are welcome. All hashkafot are welcome. Everybody's welcome to come in. I was really uh, very humbled, and I thought it was a wonderful opportunity to reach people. Mrs. To learn Mi- together with people. Absolutely. Mrs. Michal Horowitz joins us. She is one of the featured speakers for this weekend's Torah in the City, again, presented by the Orthodox Union. You can find out more information at ou.org slash city. Um, Michal, are there going to be shiurim that you'll be able to attend as well? Or do they give the different speakers time to, uh, to go check out what somebody else, one of your fellow speakers, is discussing? I certainly hope so. You mean, will I be able to attend other lectures? Correct. I hope so. There's always so much to learn. It's a tremendous opportunity. I I, I plan to. I hope so. I hope so, Miriam. There are um, a number of women, and we keep highlighting this, there are a number of women who are on the panel as well. Um, you You have great colleagues. You have great colleagues, both from the five towns and from abroad. I know that Rebbitson Rookie Billet is is speaking as well. Tell me, um, do you see yourself as a as a as a women leader in in the Torah field? Do you, do you see yourself in that role? Um, it's a bit of a hard question. I don't see myself as a leader. Um, I see myself as a person um, who perhaps has the ability to share Torah and life lessons in a meaningful fashion with others who are interested in striving to and yearning to grow. Um, it's hard to say leader. Mm. For myself personally, I'm sure that the other woman um, in that capacity, perhaps more accomplished, or perhaps see themselves in that role, but really I see myself as a person who's trying to share the beauty and the passion and the excitement. I want it to be exciting for people. Again, not antiquated. What does it mean today? This is a tremendous story. What do we learn about Yosef? What do we learn about the brothers? What do we come away with? No, I, I, and wait, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Sure. What can I apply to my own life? 
Right. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think that this is your topic and the way you're handling the topic, again, not antiquated, but yet in a modern fashion is exactly the way the OU is presenting Torah in a modern, current kind of a model where we're saying we can reach everyone and we are taking out this massive venue to just speak to everyone at, at various levels. That's exactly correct, and it has to be. In order to keep people attached to Torah, we live in a difficult society, Miriam. America is not an easy society to remain a Torah-committed Jew. We must keep Torah current, applicable to modern times, relevant to who we are today in 2017, 5777, as Jews living in America. It has to be modern. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that they're doing, really tremendous. Very powerful. It has the capacity to reach hundreds and hundreds, thousand people. Amazing. Are, are there lessons that can be learned from the story of Yosef and their brothers that can speak to some of the challenges that we face today in 2017? I'm sorry, say it again. Can the story of Yosef and the brothers... Can the story of Yosef and the brothers, can we learn things, um, mm-hmm. learn lessons from the story of Yosef and the brothers that we can apply to some of those challenges you're referring to that we see in 2017? I think we can in a very profound sense, both on an individual level as well as on a national level. Unfortunately, I'm not going to give my uh, no. 50-minute lecture with you now, <laughs> but Yosef and the Brothers is really a story of disunity and misunderstanding and discord and a lack of respect for another person's hashkafot and a lack of respect for another person's dreams. And it's sad to say that those same ailments plague us today. This is not a story of the past. It's a story of the Shvatim of Israel down till today. Do we accept someone else's viewpoint? Do we respect another person's hashkafa? Are we accepting of who another person is, even though they're a little bit different than me? Or is the jealousy and the animosity and the hatred? I mean, the brothers literally cannot speak to their own brother. And we have to do a lot of soul-searching. How do we treat our fellow Jews just because they're not exactly the same as us? It's a big question, and it's an important question. No, I agree with you. Mrs. Michal Horowitz joined us. She's one of our featured speakers this Sunday at Torah in the City. Mrs. Horowitz, I, I call a kavod to you. My thanks to you for joining me this morning, and great Hatzlacha for you this Sunday. Amen. Thank you for your time, Mary. Thank you Thank very you. much. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And we've been promoting, as you know, this event coming up this Sunday. Avital Chizik Goldschmidt joins us on the phone right now from the OU. She is the Director of Media Strategy, and she has a very important role in this Sunday's event. She's actually introducing the day, and she's also talking about the power of prayer. Good morning, Avital. Hi there. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thank God. Thanks for joining me. I'm sure things are crazy. We have a couple of hours. I mean, we're down to hours for registration, right? Yes, yes. And we're beyond thrilled with the turnout that we're getting. That's Um, just really the numbers keep going up and up. So thank you all for signing up. And if you haven't yet, please do. OU.org slash city. We've been promoting it all week. We've been letting people know that it is the most important event taking place all weekend here in the New York area. And we mean that wholeheartedly. Tell me, what what are you telling people about the power of prayer? Well, you're going to have to come to hear me. I can't just <laughs> that out in advance. <laughs> all right, fair point. Can you tease? Tell me something. What? All right, how about this? What are you going to be able to explain about the power of prayer that we haven't already heard? I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that, but one thing that I can say is 
is really the essence of what this whole day is about. Prayer of the Tibor, we know in our text, talk about the power of, of, of Tila B'tibor, of many Jews gathering together. You know, it's a question, is it, is it really, is it God who needs us to be gathering together? Is it God who needs the thousand people that are coming, thousand plus, to be there in that room? Or is it maybe we who need that? Is it we who need to be inspired by seeing how different Judaism is, how diverse it is, and how yet we can all still come together? Um, I, I, I'm very excited about this piece uh, of the whole Sunday program, which is that we are expecting people from really all over, at least the tri-state area. I actually know of some people who are coming in from other parts of the country just to be there on this wow. Sunday. Um, you know, we obviously we have speakers flying in from Israel. Just the, the, the beauty of how many different types of Jews there are and everyone coming together to not just daven, but also to learn Torah together is just so inspiring. The, the the interesting thing about the comment that you're making, the point that you're making about joining together as a group to pray is that last week, Dr. Michael Solomon joined me on this program to talk about how mm-hmm. going to shul makes makes for better people, gives you a healthier life, because when you join together and realize that you're part of something bigger, then then your involvement in that is not only inspiring, but also promotes greater mental health. So there's so much to speak about, so much to talk about in that idea Absolutely. of we're all in this together. The opportunity to join together in prayer reminds us that being part of a community, a Jewish community, is integral to a healthy life. Absolutely. And, you know, you know a shul is not Beit Shilah, it's not Beit Midrash, it's Beit Knesset, it's about Knesset, it's about gathering together. The number one, you know, I think the most important piece of being involved in a shul and in the local community is really, is that sense of belonging, is that sense that you're not alone, that you have others there who share the same values that you do. I also want to make mention that in terms of community, community starts at every age and at every level. Something that we we haven't been talking enough about is also the OUJLIC networking event that's happening in the evening at City Field. Starts with Marv at five forty-five, and it's an opportunity for college students and young professionals from across the tri-state area to be part of this networking event for undergraduates and alumni. They get to meet, they get to learn from other people, and and this opportunity also exist. So we're not just talking about the greater Jewish community, we're also talking about the next generation of community leaders. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's um, really this, you know, the DIC event is, is about inspiring young Orthodox Jews to think about the next step in their career path and also to think about what challenges and also what opportunities might come up as Orthodox Jews in the workplace. That's a theme that's going to be playing throughout the event for our students and alumni. And I see that one of my favorite people in the entire OU world, Mr. Alan Fagan, is going to be addressing um, the, yes. the the next generation that night. Who better to speak to potentially the next generation of Jewish leaders than, than Alan Fagan? Yes, yes. Alan is... Uh, extremely well-versed in this particular topic. He, you know, was at the height of, of the legal industry and um, as a proud Orthodox Jew. So he's really just the perfect person for that. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's a great, it's a great opportunity. The other thing I want to make mention of, by the way, that programming for, for families is going on throughout the day, that parents should feel free to bring their kids to City Field that day because there are, there are childcare opportunities for kids. So if parents are saying, yeah. well, I'd really like to hear that lecture, but I don't know what to do with the kids, 
that you know what to do with the kids you bring them yes uh definitely there's great children's programming there's an event there's a bus i think that's taking the kids uh to a science museum that's right nearby um all information is again available online you just have to pre-register which is important um please pre-register if you do want children's programming because we won't be able to do it on the spot then that's an interesting tidbit. Avital Chizik Goldschmidt joins us. She is uh, one of the minds behind the Torah at the Torah in the City program taking place at City Field this weekend. It's ou.org/city. You can find out all of your information there. Are you surprised, by the way, by the response that the, that you've gotten so far? I mean, over a thousand people are so far coming, and as you know, lots of people work at the last minute, and I'm sure there'll be an uptick in registration over the next 36 hours. So, are you surprised at the response you've gotten so far? Um. You know, I, I don't know if I would say surprise. I think the word is really heartened and humbled by the response, the fact that there are so many people who will come on a Sunday and spend the day learning, or maybe not just a full day, maybe just an hour, maybe once year is especially exciting to them. I, it's It's been just inspiring, honestly, to see how many people pre-registered, paid in advance in order to learn Torah. Um, really incredible. It was It's really it was the vision of my Spain, the incoming president of the OU, this is going to happen, and um, and it's coming true. So that's just amazing. I asked Michal in the beginning of the program if she's going to have the opportunity to hear some of the shiurim, or is she just going to be busy the entire time? Are you going to have any quote unquote downtime where you'll be able to take part in the shiurim? Yes, yes, I plan to be part of the shiurim. I'm definitely going to be learning. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic, and and I know that I imagine in this case that for you this is a family affair, so your family will be there as well. I plan to bring my husband and baby. And everyone is looking forward to this Sunday at City Field. By the way, who chose City Field? Who's the inherent Ment fan at the OU who made sure that this is where it was going to happen? <laughs> there has to be some kind of an inside thing there. It could be, to be very honest. I know nothing of baseball, so I didn't even oh. know what it was or appreciated it until now. Oh, wow. Um, well, we had, a, we had a bunch of venues that we were considering and it just hit all the right, you know, targets. Yeah, well, you and I can stay friends, even though you're not a baseball fan. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're very inclusive here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Avital, thank you so much. And Hatzlacha this Sunday. We really hope you guys, you know, you exceed so all goals and, and break every you know, uh, every milestone that you were looking to hit. We hope that you exceed all expectations, and we look forward to continued great work from the OU. Amen. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You're looking, listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect, what to look forward to and what not to miss. A full afternoon of programming continues right after that's life. The live lunch hosted by Nahum starts immediately after this program. And of course, the afternoon is filled with more original content here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't miss a minute. And JM and AM tomorrow morning starts at 6 a.m. Bonus JM, as many of you know, has been starting at 5.30 in the morning. Nahum gets up bright and early, and he's on the air with you. Malcolm Holmline joins Nahum for the weekly update scheduled at 7.40 a.m. Of course, plenty to talk about. I don't know in recent weeks when there hasn't been plenty to talk about during the weekly update, but certainly this week is no exception. At the conclusion of JM in the AM, as we have been telling everyone, it is a supersized Presentation of Table for Two, a live presentation at the Gourmet Glot in Woodmere, 1030 Railroad Avenue in Woodmere. That's right across the train tracks from the New York Sports Club. 
NYSC is right there. So if you know where that is, then you know where Gourmet Glad is or vice versa. Joining Naomi tomorrow morning is Boris Safaniev from Cork and Slice. If you haven't been to Cork and Slice yet, it is the dairy restaurant in Cedarhurst, which frankly, I absolutely, absolutely love. I just heard that they took the polenta off the menu. I'm going to have to talk to Boris about it, but I heard the risotto cake is not to be believed. It is destination dining in the five towns. And I'm not a believer that there is enough destination dining in the five towns, but if you want to take a drive, Cork and Slice is 100% a home run evening. Dini Klein from Dini Delivers also joins Naomi Shlomo Blaschka from our friends at Royal Wines. He'll be there as well. Dahlia Schwab from Marzipan Bakery will be joining Naomi as well. And Avi Krasno from Chapanash. Plus, of course, an update from Gourmet Glot with their new products that are available in the stores. Again, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. That goes till 10.30 in the morning. Only here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Siegel this Motzei Shabbat at 9 p.m. Matis hosts JM Sunday from 7 to 9 in the morning. Don't miss a moment. And I know that I have this thing before heading to Israel that I usually close that's life with Jerusalem is calling. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm letting everybody know I am not heading to Israel next week and call a vote to everyone who's going for winter break and Nesiyah Tova, and this is dedicated to you as well. But... After the tragedy earlier in this week um, in, uh, at the Tayelet in Ermon HaNatziv, where four members of the IDF were murdered and numerous others were injured, we send our love and our thoughts to them and their families. So this is for you, and Jerusalem is calling indeed. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. open desert tent History's children in every event are looking for a way to lighten up their load And brighter than the sun you shine Jerusalem, you're on my mind You lift my soul You echo the divine Providence that guides us so that we may teach and all may know the hand that may admonish or reward has given us this holy space, Jerusalem. To you I turn, I trace my steps back to you now again. Jerusalem is calling, Jerusalem is calling. Canyons of your mind until you reclaim the things you left behind. It's telling you this just might be the time. Jerusalem is calling, Jerusalem is calling.
something new The map is old It's left here for you to unfold A note, a memo Drifts down from on high And lands upon foundation stone The message is You're not alone Jerusalem will keep your dream alive Jerusalem is calling Jerusalem is calling Telling you this just might be the time 